Hello, beautiful souls and limitless beings. Welcome to the Shamanic Soul Sisters with your host, Maria Jingris and Samantha Shea, where the discussions are multidimensional, courageously imperfect, and dynamically empowered with wisdom, compassion, humor, healing, and love. Now, here are Maria and Samantha. Hey, 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 beautiful people. Maria here from Branches of Vibrational Healing. Welcome to our ninth episode of Shamanic Soul Sisters. Hello. I am so excited for today's episode. This is Samantha. Today, we are uprooting fears and learning how to tap into our first energy center. And it is a goodie. Um, so rather than doing this deep breathing exercise, like we've been doing, we're just going to get right to the root of it. And I invite you all to just kind of, you can keep your eyes open or close them, but in visualize yourself being outside, you can be in the woods or a park in your own yard. Um, just allow yourself to imagine being outside with your feet planted on the ground feeling the beautiful energy of earth underneath your feet and just take a couple deep breaths as you ask earth to come up into you, to ground you, to support you and to protect you. And as you do this, because it's just with intention alone, earth will literally hear you and come up and vibrate through you to help you. Imagine in the base of your spine, the very, very bottom there's a beautiful red ball of light and imagine that earth is coming up energetically like a beautiful cord coming right up in between your legs or through your legs into the base of your spine, grounding you, securing you and protecting you, keeping you safe. And each day, try and do a little grounding to center you to center you into earth, into your space, into your existence, and to support and releasing your fears and attachments. Allow yourself, whether it be today or tomorrow, that when you do this exercise, to breathe into this beautiful area, imagining this red ball, expanding and contracting as it connects to earth, and just breathing into that space. The more you do this, the more awareness you'll send into your body and into your being that you're safe, that you're protected, and that you're grounded. And our root chakra, it not only is at the base of our spine, but when we have an imbalance in this first chakra, it affects our lower back, causing pain. It affects our sciatica. It can cause varicose veins. It can cause rectal difficulties, as well as tumors and cancerous outbreaks located in these areas of the body or in surrounding areas. And so it's very important to really connect to the chakra and to allow yourself to ground down because this chakra controls our fear. And when we're in fear of trusting ourselves or trusting the world, we actually cannot materialize our goals outward because we are afraid of how we show up in this world. And just to give you a little quick breakdown 
So our root chakra is our primal chakra. It's our survival chakra. It is connected to our genes through our ancestors everywhere. And so the feet and legs, which provide locomotion, they enable us to perform tasks to obtain life sustenance from the earth and its environment. Our legs touch to the ground below us and connect our nervous system with the earth. So our root chakra, since it's at the base of our spine, goes all the way up our spine through all of our energy centers into our brain. So it says sends signals automatically without you even being aware of it, right to your brain for you then to act a certain way or perform a certain way or to not, right, to freeze. So when our legs touch to the ground, it's connecting us to gravity. Gravity within the earth, right, is pulling us down, connecting to earth. So what this means is that in order to support and uprooting your fears, use the earth to support in releasing and pulling down your fears out of you so you can then stand tall and begin to trust yourself and how you show up. Um, because this life force of gravity keeps us connected to our planet and it's rooted in our material existence. So it's whenever we have an imbalance in our root, it affects our external environment and how we see the world. So that's just a little breakdown of how important the root chakra is. And now Maria and I are going to give you some tools and personal stories <laughs> of all the different ways the root chakra really, really affects us. So Maria, take it off, girl. Amen. Soul sister. Thank you for that beautiful <laughs> overview of the root chakra. Um I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about the energy of attachment because that is something that is housed in that root chakra. As Sam mentioned, it is our survival area. It is the area that determines if we are in fight or flight or if we actually feel safe in our body. And so attachment has been something, a theme in my life that I have been very aware of. But it wasn't until I really started doing this work on myself and, and being on this energetic journey that I realized attachment literally bleeds into everything. Like I've always been consciously attached to people in my life. Um, and I knew I knew it stemmed from insecurity. Like I had that kind of knowing, but I didn't <laughs> legit realize how deep it went. No pun intended. But <laughs> it's like, wow, attachment. Like when I really started to like tap into the energy of attachment, I'm like, everybody has attachment issues. Like I thought I was like the only one, I'm not going to lie. Because again, I've known my whole life that there are certain people in my life, my mom being one of them, that I was immediately, I gravitated to her and then I was attached to her down to the down to the point of that my parents actually had me go to start kindergarten a year late because I had separation anxiety like legit like really bad and if any of my extended family listens to this they'll probably laugh because the running joke when I was a child was back a mommy back a mommy like I wouldn't let anybody else hold me it was immediately like I needed to be back to mommy and what's interesting is that for those of you that don't know, I am adopted and I was adopted um, at a year old. 
And I was born in Colombia. And so for that first year of my life, I was actually in an orphanage, um, not having that maternal bond that is so important in that first year of life for anybody that's kind of um, well-versed on psychology or Maslow's hierarchy of, of needs, like all that stuff. Um, and Erickson's stages of development, that is literally the first stage, trust versus mistrust, and it's rooted in the root chakra. And so a lot of us that don't have a nurturing, safe environment in that first year have a lot of trust issues. We don't feel safe, right? And there's so many of us out there. I know I'm not the only one. I'm just using my story to kind of illustrate how this really affects how we show up in life in our adulthood. So here I was, I was, um, you know, in an orphanage that whole first year of my life, not probably tended to often because there was other kids there. And then my dad came down to Columbia to get me. And I had been primarily cared for by women that were speaking Spanish. So immediately, like I had resistance to my dad because he was a male. He had a deep voice. He was speaking a different language. It was very unfamiliar territory. And so from the get-go, I had a lot of fear towards my dad. And then it wasn't until I was shown by spirit, which I've mentioned in another podcast about how I was conceived, and it was not out of love. Essentially, my birth mom was, was raped by somebody she didn't know. And so she had a ton of fear around men. And for that that period of nine months that I was in her womb, I was energetically getting imprinted with that fear. So then I enter the world and now there's the first year of my life. I don't have anybody like taking care of me. I don't have anybody that I feel that energetic trusting bond with. Then walks in my mother, <laughs> my beautiful angelic mother. And it was an immediate connection from the start. When I arrived here in the United States, I still have the video of me coming home and I'm my poor father. I bawled my eyes out the entire plane ride home to the point where they moved him to first class because they felt bad for him. So he won there, I guess. Um, I get off the plane and I'm literally handed to my mom and we see it on the video and I stop crying. And it was like, I felt safe for the first time. And my mom is that epitome container of safe. And anybody that listens to this that knows her would 1000% agree with that. She's just safe energy. She's she's love. She's compassion. And um thank God that for her, because she did provide a very safe container for me growing up. But, you know, Sam and I were talking about abandonment issues and attachment and how this all kind of, you know, begins for us. And I, she helped me really recognize that a lot of my issues stemmed more from like my DNA and, and that energy transference that happens in the actual biological DNA that's in our body. So of course I was imprinted with a lot of my birth mom stuff probably my birth dad stuff, because if he's raping somebody, then he's got a lot of fear in him as well. So it's, I, I already came into this world with that. And even though my mom provided a very safe container for me growing up, I didn't feel safe in my own skin. I didn't feel safe being me. And that caused me to have attachment issues and abandonment issues, because I believe that attachment is kind of, it's like a branch or it's rooted off of abandonment, the energy of abandonment. And was I physically quote unquote abandoned in a sense? Yes. But 
what I actually view abandonment as now, it's not just like people leave us, right? That's where we immediately go to in the mind, like physicality and like when we're physically abandoned. But what I've really started to learn is like, I've abandoned myself a lot throughout my entire life. And when I, when I say abandon myself, I mean, I haven't been true to me. I haven't allowed myself to fully be me in, in, many aspects in relationships and friendships and work setting and school. Like when I really start to do that retrospective reflection of my life, it's like, wow, I spent a lot of time abandoning me. And that's why I have abandonment issues. Thus I have attachment issues. Meaning now, whenever I do feel somebody safe, I, I latch on not anymore. I've really worked through that. And I'm so aware that that's what I was doing. It's like, Oh, when I finally found that safe zone, it was like, I just, I wanted to be like engulfed in it because I didn't know what that felt like. And so I've really, as I work through my root chakra issues, which is really just my fears, my traumas, my limiting beliefs, I've recognized that I, I'm my own protector. I'm also the person that needs to show up for me. Like I can't abandon myself anymore and then expect external situations or people to be there for me, right? Because it's it's not about getting it from the external. It's about really finding that energy inside and realizing I'm my own protector. It doesn't mean I don't need people or want people in my life. Actually, it means I don't need people. It means I want people. That's really what it is because needing is a form of attachment. And um, that's really what I have learned a lot about just working through different attachments. And I think you know, Sam and I were talking the other night on the phone just about how our root chakras are kind of being upgraded again. So when they're upgraded, all of these kind of themes come to the surface again for us to look at it. Where are we still attaching? What are we still attached to? And that's what I mean. Attachment bleeds into everything. We can be attached to outcomes. We can be attached to timelines, to dates, to people, to places. I mean, you name it, it's in everything. And when Sam and I were talking about this the other night, I remembered one year ago to date, I did a very, very potent, powerful energy cord cutting ceremony, which was all about releasing attachments. So here we are a year later and Sam and I are kind of stepping into new realizations of where we still hold on to attachment. So I'm going to kind of turn it over to her now and let her share some of the epiphanies she's been having recently about where she's still got some um, fears and attachments. So Sam. Thank you for being vulnerable. Um, Before we get into me. So Carolyn Miss, she wrote this book, The Creation of Health. If you haven't read it, it's phenomenal. And I'm just going to read some bullet points in there. Like, I wish I could take credit for writing this. I mean, one day I'll write a book, but um, that's another rooted thing. But anyways, (laughs) so in it, it says that there are specific patterns of fear and insecurity that correspond to the first chakra. And a lot of them, Maria, relate to what you're saying because it all has to do with physical safety, right? If something in our physical environment doesn't feel safe, we internalize it to a point that when we're older, even when our physical environment is safe, some reason we don't feel safe in our physical body, right? Mm -hmm. And that's like, whoa, but nothing's happening in my external. Why do I feel so not okay to show people who I am? Like, why am I having this mask on? And three of my clients today, this was a common theme. 
So, and I, I've been quote unquote, if you want to say victim, because victim is actually the, this, the dysfunctional um, energy of the root chakra while the functional is the mother. <laughs> um, so I've also played victim to playing a role or acting a certain way in order to fit into groups or in school or into activities that I didn't really, they didn't really fill me up inside with joy, but I was like, well, that's what everyone else is doing. So, right. Like, so I, I was attached to being and acting a certain way. Right. So all because of things that happened in my childhood. So with her bullet points, it says that the fear of not being able to provide the the necessities of living as in you're not able to provide them for yourself. So there's something about you showing up in the world that you have to attach to other people, places, or jobs um, in order to fill something in because you don't think you can fully show up and provide for yourself. The other point was that um, with the root chakra, the feeling that the external world is a threatening place and that you are unable to stand up for yourself or protect yourself. Now, I'm going to go into that one because stand up for yourself automatically goes into every other chakra, particularly our throat chakra, because when you stand up for yourself, you're allowing yourself to express and and share with the world who you are, but most importantly with yourself and owning it. So if you have trouble sharing things, um, this is another one that's coming in. If someone is emotional and you don't know how to deal with it and you're like, ha ha, it's okay, ha, that's, that is a root chakra thing to look at because there's a fear there of something uncomfortable in your environment is making you feel uncomfortable. So you're like, it's okay. Or you crack a joke like I used to do to try and not feel uncomfortable, right? But all mm-hmm. that's doing is causing more disempowerment to both you and the party. Um, so that's a root chakra thing. So the other one was the insecurity of feeling that no place is home and that you do not belong anywhere, which Mm -hmm. majority of the world feels like right now. Yep. And then materializing your goals, which is me right now I'll get into. And then the feeling that you are totally on your own, unsupported by anyone, and you're completely alone in the world. So no matter where you move, you feel still unrooted, ungrounded, and unsafe. All of these fears cause disease in our body. Um, And I mentioned this the last podcast, which is about going into epigenetics and all that, but um, it says that the essential factor in the development of disease is the intensity of the fear. So when you're not aware of your fears, that is causing imbalance and inflammation in your body. And yes, we all have gut issues and everything like all these allergies, all these things, because the root chakra is at the base of the spine, which I mentioned sends signals up the spine through all the energy centers into the brain, right? Which releases all the chemicals and all that. So whenever we're feeling that we can't be ourselves, or that we have 
resistance. Like some people be like, I don't have any fear. <sighs> Nothing scares me. And it's like, well, would you jump out of a plane? I know that's an extreme, extreme example. Like, no, I'm afraid of heights. So you do have a fear, right? And it's not to like prove someone wrong that you have fears. It's like to have them see within themselves where there's something to look at that needs some love, right? And I'm literally, as Maria said, like a cord cutting, right? I'm also going through another layer of releasing a fear in my root chakra, which I was like, oh, my root chakra is good. Like <laughs> I feel more safe than I ever have in my body. Like I allow myself to show up to the world however I want now. Like I feel like I feel more comfortable in my body than I ever have. So what fear am I feeling that's in my right hip and lower back? Like, cause it's burning. So I'm like, whoa, what are you? <laughs> And I connected to it and um, it literally said that I am afraid. It was a part of me. I am afraid of becoming a slave to the work. And I started crying because I was like, we're not a slave. Like we're not, what do you mean? We're so free. But that part in me is nervous of always working and not feeling free anymore. And it also said that it's afraid of making money. And I'm like, but we are making money and we are, we are happy. We are free. And it was, was telling Maria this, because it's very interesting. We live in a world because of our root chakra, our primal instinct in order to survive is to work, is to go, neglect self and health and go, 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 show up, show up, show up. Because we need this, we need that, we need this, we need that. It's like, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> and a year ago, a little over a year ago, when Maria and I really like left the system of getting a generous paycheck and stepping into our power, as in like aligning with what makes us happy to show up for others, um, we had a release we had to release fears, but we also didn't even realize that we were releasing this big wounded masculine energy of producing. And it's just fascinating because her and I were producing now, like we're showing up more than we ever have for ourselves. And we're trying to find a balance. Doesn't mean that little fears don't come up in doing that. Right. And I thought that I released my money attachment because I literally have no idea where my money is coming from every month, but I'm like trusting it. And I'm like, whatever, because I realize that's a deep attachment. Do I still need to work? Yes, but it's not, doesn't feel like work. And that's what my part was trying to tell me. And it's burning right now. Like I'm giving it a voice. It's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can you feel it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, yes, it is. I can feel yeah. yours. And it's I know like, it's yours ah. and not mine. That's the yeah. wild part. It's like, yeah, I can feel it. It's like, oh, we have to go hug a tree, um, <laughs> which I will after. But it's it's like we don't want to become a slave back to the system of this wounded masculine energy of work, 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 and stop having fun and being flexible. And so I was like, no. Think of how expansive and safe we've become in our own body now. And now I know that I have different parts, right? Which I've neglected for 34 years. 
it's like, no, I know you exist now and I love you. And, and, and haven't you felt good this last year being free? And they're like, yeah, we don't want to lose it. I'm like, right. But the more I give you guys a voice, which is like writing a book and doing these workshops, it, it's, it's going to make us more free. And you're like, Oh, but right. Like it's, it's a different layer of attachment because now it's a different fear, but it's still rooted in the same fear around success, which is wild. Right. Different fear, same energy that it's rooted in. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I love that you shared that because when Sam and I decided to really co-create this business, one of our biggest intentions was it never feeling like work because Again, we we really understand energy. And to me, even that that word work has kind of a it's got like a negative kind of connotation to it because it's work, right? It's mm-hmm. work. It takes energetic exertion to get to a goal. So it's work. And when she and I really started kind of, you know, coming together to create branches, it was like, we don't ever want this to feel like work because we both just stepped out of a system that literally we felt like slaves to. And so when she was sharing this with me, I'm like, oh my God, it makes so much sense because sometimes when we're, you know, going through our stuff, she and I will reach out to each other and we feel like we're procrastinating, but it's like now her having this sort of new awareness and epiphany, it's like, no, you're not procrastinating. You guys are learning how to balance what you love doing, what you're so passionate about. Because at one point I felt that way about nursing too. Mm -hmm. I felt very passionate about being a nurse and what I did. It still is way different now, but looking back at that time in my life, I was passionate about it. So there's sort of this like underlying fear of you don't, and that's the ego. You don't want that to happen again. Remember you felt passionate about that and that drained the shit out of you, right? So there's still like that little creeping voice in both of us that when we aren't producing, 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 whatever that even means, or we're not like going, 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 we're like, oh my God, am I procrastinating right now? Like I should be. And then we were talking about this earlier. As soon as that word should comes in and I teach this to all my clients, I'm like, if you're hearing a voice in your head that's saying should or shouldn't, it's your ego. If you're trying to learn discernment and you're hearing should, shouldn't, that's not spirit. Spirit's not like telling us what to do. Spirit's just dropping seeds of guidance and hey, maybe try this. It's a different energy. That should, shouldn't is still that programmed part of our brain, the conditioned part that's telling us we should or shouldn't. Like, And when that happens to me, I'm like, says who? You know, I'm like literally saying that to the left side of my brain, like should or shouldn't says who, right? Like who made you in charge kind of thing. <laughs> but it's it's wild how, yeah, this this attachment around money and we all have it because mm-hmm. we literally live in a matrix that mm-hmm. has brainwashed us to believe that we need to have money to be successful and to be happy. And that is so not the case because pretty much everybody I meet, even the most quote unquote successful people are some of the most miserable and and uh, sick people, to be honest. So it causes you to question that kind of belief and that paradigm because that's what we've been programmed to believe. But then you look around and it's like, wow, 95% of people hate their job, but mm-hmm. yet they spend 95% of their life at their job. So it's like, what are we doing people? Like what, what are we doing? And like Sam was saying, 
she's released so much attachment to money because we're now doing this with a completely different intention, right? We're not doing this business for the money. And I tell people this all the time. I'm like, I'm not doing it for the money, but is there a part of me that knows I need more money to grow the business for what I want to offer? Yes. So that means I have to do things. I have to create new opportunities or when opportunities present themselves to me, I it would be in my highest and best to entertain that, right? So I I know that that's that's being rational in a sense. It's knowing that yeah, you still have to quote unquote do the work. But to me, this doesn't feel like work. And I think that's what kind of came to Sam's awareness as well. It's like, wow, we don't actually procrastinate. We're learning how to balance this, mm-hmm. this passion, but also honoring what we need to, to still feel happy and healthy and fulfilled and not drained. Cause I'll go, I can go one day where I do a, you know, a psychic fair and it's an eight hour day and you do like 15 readings and it's like, holy shit. Right. <laughs> but then guess what? The next day I don't do shit and I don't feel guilty. Cause it's, mm-hmm. that's my rest and reset. It's like, okay, now I need this day to myself, sit in the bath, go out in nature, all those things. And that to me is learning that balance and not feeling guilty for quote unquote, not being productive every minute of every day. I love, you've made so many good points because so first was shame, right? Shame is a should when you should something, I know you didn't say the word shame, but that's what I heard when you said should. Mm -hmm. Um, shame is something that lives in our root chakra. I mean, it goes obviously through all of our energy centers, but like when we feel like we should be doing something that is shame, making that belief that we should, should, should because of our environment growing up, how we've seen other people grow, how other people act, especially when they're stressed. Are they sitting there like, la, la, la meditating, putting on some frequencies, taking a bath, maybe not that I really smoke weed, but once in a while I'm like, I wish I was at Maria's house because I could smoke something. <laughs> but like, like, or do you see people going laying on the, on the grass when you're growing up? No. And if you do like, God bless your parents, like, whoa, but like, that's something like I do now and I don't care if people see me, but I remember growing up being like, I just want to hug that tree. Like why? Because a lot of people are, I'm not going to do that because there's some sort of shame put on it that when you're stressed, you show no one that you're stressed, right? Hence why the majority of the world has mental illnesses and anxiety and depression Yep. because we're shoving down emotions that our root chakra is like, oh, something feels unsafe. We're not grounded. When we have fear, we're not grounded. Because if we were grounded, we would feel safe. And the other good point you made was uh, production, producing, producing. And you said something else around, I forget the exact words. But um, with the whole system around money, when I was going to leave my job knowing that I was, if my religious exemption didn't get, um, accepted I was going to get fired. Um, I realized I had attachment to money. I took this little like weekend thing with Mastin Kip and it was just about what's your purpose in life. And it went into your emotions. And from there I was like, dude, I have an attachment to money that I didn't even know I had. And it was around the 
if you are successful, that's what you said. If you are successful, you have to produce, 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 go, 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 right? And it's like, that's why it's like you go to school, then you go to college, then you go get your master's. Then it's like, I don't want to do that, even though I'm guilty of doing that. Um, Not guilty. It's part of your path. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I knew as soon as I said guilty was the wrong word. Don't shame yourself. (laughs) I'm glad I did it because now I'm glad I did it. Exactly. Um, And so anyway, so when I came to this epiphany, when it was, he asked these questions, like, what is your relationship with money? I was like, oh, money's cool. And then I went deeper into the questions. And it was like, how do you spend your money? What do you spend your money on? What did your parents spend their money on? What the grandparents spend their money on? I was like, holy shit. And it was like, my relationship to money is very unhealthy because I'm actually afraid of making too much money, quote unquote, because that means I have to be a very tired, stressed, angry, controlling person that, and that's like, that's not what I want to be because I saw systems of famous people and other people and, and how some, I, I hate to use this terminology, but my family used this pompous assholes in some places growing up. They'd be like, that's a pompous asshole. I'm like, why? Like, cause they have money and they drive that car. I'm like, you don't even know that. Like, why mm-hmm. are you labeling that? Well, because look at that. I'm like, they didn't even talk to you. Like, right. But it's because they had money. So there was a judgment on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, they have a nice, like, and it, so, but it was, I realized it was everyone in my life had this lower energy around what success looks like and money. And I'm like, well, I'm not, when I make money, I'm not going to be wearing this suit and going out there. Like I control you. It's like, no, I love everybody. And here's some money. Like that's the successful person I want to be. And I am becoming, and I'm already successful. Like, cause that I've shifted my mindset around success because I realized I had this deeply rooted trauma that wasn't even mine. It came from my parents, their parents, their parents, their parents, all the way to the Great Depression. And I'm like, holy shit. And then it was also it also came to you don't ask for things because that makes you greedy. I'm like, so I can't ask a higher source to bring me opportunities. I can't ask a higher source to come in and help me heal my pain. No. That that's not the God's way. I was like, who's who said? And so that made me reflect like, wow, these beliefs, when I'm stepping outside of other people's beliefs and they're telling me these beliefs, I'm like, wow, this root chakra stuff is deep, like yeah. deep, deep, deep ancestral stuff. So that's why when Maria is like, yeah, you know, being adopted and all that, I'm like, but you have to go back to even when you're in the womb because we choose our parents Mm-hmm. When we're when we're up in consciousness and like so she has this energy of abandonment because of her upbringing. I have this energy of abandonment as well for different reasons. And it's both equated to us feeling not worthy to express ourselves fully in this world, mm-hmm. which is amazing that we've come to this awareness. Right. But now we're using it as our our superpower. And we're, we're allowing that not to now bring us into fear, but more into curiosity, right? Like that is, 
that is the energetic shift that needs to happen when you see a fear. It's like, okay, I'm afraid to do this, but like, why? And how can I shift more into curiosity, right? How can I be like, how can I take a curious, imperfect action? Oh, I got to just do it. I just got to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's facing the fears. You, We hear, I mean, I've heard people say that my whole life. I had no idea that it was prefacing my my work as, as a shadow worker, that that's all you do in the shadow is like facing the fears, but it's, you're starting to do it from a new lens, right? So you are, you are looking at the fear, you're feeling the fear, you're starting to understand where the fear came from. And are you ready to step out of the fear? It's not to say that the fears just dissipate and everything's great. I think that fear is a very powerful teacher. So I think it has a place. I do think it has a place at the table. I think it has its role. But I also think that the matrix that we live in is just all fear. Everything here is fear. So I laugh almost to myself when people say like what Sam was saying earlier, I don't, I don't know. I'm not afraid of anything. It's like, if you're in this body and on this earth plane, you can't not have any fear in you because that's the name of this game. Like you have been imprinted with fear. We all have to from the music we listen to to the TV and movies every everything is fear that is why you've heard me say before but I'll say it multiple times that is why the systems play on our safety and making us feel unsafe that's why with the scamdemic pandemic whatever you want to call it um that's why it was all around keeping people safe, keeping others safe, keeping it because it's playing on our root chakra, which the powers that be know all of our root chakras are all out of whack. Like they know that because they've helped create it. They are part of it. It's not just our upbringing and, and our our families and our friends. It's society. It is. This is a fear-based reality here. That It is. It's a fear-based reality. So to sit there and lie to ourselves and say, we don't have any fear, we're just disempowering because fear is very powerful. And when you start to actually acknowledge it, it's empowering because it's like, oh, I'm going to actually allow myself to look at this and feel this, even though it's uh, uncomfortable AF, I know that there's a message, there's a deeper meaning in there for me to be able to grow from. And yeah, it's it's all about facing fears, but I'm also somebody that believes while we're here in the in the human body that we never fully eradicate fear. I think it's just learning how to work with fear in a different way instead of it unconsciously controlling us, which is what most of society is doing. That's when I refer to people being quote unquote asleep, it's not necessarily in regards to everything that's happening externally. I mean, we have a lot of that too, but it's more or less about just being unconscious to your unconsciousness. Like, and we all have unconsciousness. Like we do. It, that's that the subconscious and the unconscious parts of our brain, we are unconscious to it. Like we literally only use like a very small percentage of our conscious mind. So to sit there and go, I don't have fear is like, you're just lying to yourself. And it's another form of actually abandoning yourself and betraying yourself because you're lying to yourself about energies that just want to be acknowledged and felt and expressed and heard. Because when they do, they actually move through you. But when you meet them with that resistance or that denial, 
you're amplifying it. And that's to me when physical symptoms are going to start to manifest. It can't not because it's energy and it has to go somewhere. Um, And if you're thinking of like, I, I, I'm hearing the words you're using and they're very powerful words, right? Because some people be like, I don't deny anything. I don't this, I don't that. And like, we've both done that. <laughs> and, but they're powerful words. Um, and it just makes me think like, I forget where I was going with that. Hold on one second. Let me re. Yeah. So going into denial. So imagine for all the listeners If you're somebody that's ever been like, well, as long as this happens, then I'll go do that. Or I'm just waiting for this to happen. Then I'll do that. Or I'm waiting for them to just change, change that about themselves. And then I'll be happy. I'm waiting for them to do this or give me this. And then I'll do it's like, who who are you kidding? Like, are you like, so what I tell my coaching clients stuff too, because I've had to do it myself. Maria's done it. Like it's very hard to coach others and be there and show up fully as a safe container for others. If you haven't done the work, right? Like that's empathy, putting yourself in their shoes and then, right. Which is also whatever. We'll go into that in another podcast. Um, Legit. (laughs) So if you're somebody who quote unquote, you don't even realize you're doing it. You're, you're subconsciously blaming someone else for your behavior and how you're showing up in the world. Well, I was abused my entire life. I'm really sorry. That must've been terrible, but what are you doing to shift that relationship now? Like, is that, is that your only story? And is that, do you, are you going to continue to show up in the world like that? Right. Mm -hmm. And if you want to fine, but like, it's just going to keep causing more dis-ease, whether it be an ailment or actual disharmony of like peace and joy in your body. Right. And in your being. So I always say to my clients, I'm like, just sit in like, Pretend that person's in front of you and think about your life before that person came in. Did you have the same excuse and just put it onto someone else? Like, did you ever shift your energy? Did you change that behavior? No, like, oh my God, no. Like, Hmm. yeah. So it has nothing to do. It's so easy to blame the external because that's how we grew up, right? Yep. But when we, and it's harder to look at your own shit. It's very hard. (laughs) Because that holds you accountable. And that means that there's something about you that doesn't feel safe to show up for you. And that's the whole root chakra. It's how you you value yourself based on are you going to compare yourself to everything in your external and think that you're that? Or are you going to go inside and be like, you know what? I'm effing worthy of this. And like, I don't need to wait for them to love me. Like, I don't need anyone else's approval. <laughs> yeah, that one. Growing that is, up. Yes. Yes. So that's the other thing. When I, that was my other money attachment, which might, some people are like, huh? Approval with a money attachment? Weird. Well, if you're doing something based on someone else's like, oh, good job, like giving you a pat on the back. Praise. Praise, yep. And you're doing it solely for them. And then all of a sudden you get the pat on the back and you're like, all right, well, what's next? Or you don't get the pat on the back and you're pissed at yourself and now you're pissed at them. That means it came from fear, what you were doing. 
it didn't come from because you wanted to do it for you. You were doing it for acceptance. And that's that abandonment issue into self-worth and not feeling safe to fully show up as you. And I was having these, like, I've been having these wonderful sessions with people all around the root chakra, which is funny because now I'm working on my root chakra. (laughs) Coincidentally, right? Even though no such thing. Um, And it's like, the more we set little tiny goals for ourselves, or we take little steps to step more out of our comfort zone and be curious about the unknown, we are releasing little attachments and little fears, which then allow more room for beauty and that energy of love and nurture to come in. And it helps us not be so afraid of things that everyone else we grew up with is afraid of, right? Yep. And it's the other, you had made a point earlier going along with production and the archetype. So you got victim and mother. And it's interesting because the mother, yes, mother earth, but the mother energy of the mother has been so shamed and twisted in many contexts to shut down the female when the female, the mother energy is creation. The mother is safety and nurturing. So when you were like, what'd you say you were called? Backup mommy, mommy oh, back. They they would say my whole family, back a mommy back. Cause that's what I would say is like back to mommy. So like all throughout my, uh, you know, middle school, high school years, it's like they would say it in a jokingly way, but this is also where like teasing really fucks with our heads. I'm not going to lie. Like I grew up in a family that teases a lot and they think they're doing it out of fun and jest, but it really, that's, that causes a lot of limiting beliefs. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's, I know it's their own insecures, insecurities. Right. And so we use humor to kind of like what you were even saying before, like we use humor to like, lighten the mood or downplay something, but it's, there is an aspect of judgment that's coming through as well. And I've been heavily teased my whole life. Like, and I even still get like triggered sometimes with teasing because I I know it's not actually rooted in what people think it's rooted in. It's, there's a judgment under, there's a very quiet judgment that's underlying that. And I know for my mom and I, we were judged a lot by people in the family and just people in general that they thought she babied me too much. And she didn't. She was patient with me. She knew that I did mm-hmm. stuff when I was ready. She didn't force me because she knew I was I was unique in the sense that like I needed I needed time to like make a decision. I needed like I needed to feel safe. Right. Right. From when I was really young and she got a lot of flack from people about them sending me to kindergarten a year late. But she this is where I credit her. Like she intuitively knew that's what I needed. She wasn't going to keep me home the rest of my life. Right. But she allowed me to. Come to a, a point where I felt safe when changes were made. It's not to say like I still didn't do like I still did things where I was still forced to do things out of my comfort zone because it's, again, that would have been her enabling me if she just like kept me under her wing all safe. She didn't do that, but she knew that I needed 
a certain environment or a certain energy to feel safe around anything. Just even like when it came, Sam and I were talking about this the other night, but like hanging out with other children since I was a kid, I was much better at one-on-one. I couldn't be around a lot of kids. And now I understand it was because they were highly stimulating to me. And a lot of kids that I went to school with or grew up around were like rambunctious. Like that's the best word I can use. And I was not like that. And being highly sensitive, it was like, I would be overstimulated. So I did well with one-on-one and I mostly wanted people to come to my house because again, it was that safety thing. And so my mom honored that she didn't try to tell me it was wrong. Like she honored it. And that's why I felt safe being that way to some degree but she still also made me go to school. Like it wasn't like, so there's a big difference between enabling and honoring where somebody's at and allowing them to grow without shaming them. And that is what she's done. So thank you, mom. Cause I know you do mm-hmm. listen to these and I know I've said thank you a multitude of times, but like, I don't think like, you know how grateful I am to you that you have provided that to me. Um, and here comes vulnerable Maria. Thanks, Spirit. Um, so yeah, it's it's you know, it's just yeah, the back of mommy thing really. I'm not gonna lie, that really. Um, and I don't mean any. Yeah, I don't mean and, anything against you, family. I love you all. I know it was done not intentionally to be mean, but I mean that really did because then even in my relationships, I have been very attached to my husband very much so because mm-hmm. again when i met him he was safe he i felt i trusted him i felt mm-hmm. like oh another safe person and i had come i had just come out of an extremely unsafe unhealthy toxic abusive relationship so mm-hmm. i immediately latched on right and i'm still learning how to break through attachments and breaking my attachment to him because i I love him just as much as I was attached to him too. Just because I had attachment to him does not mean I don't love him. I love him tremendously, but I know that that attachment feeling doesn't feel good to me. And now I really understand. I'm sure it never felt good to him either. Like we can feel that energetically, like we can feel that. And this is a good example of how kind of trauma responses can be completely different, but they're still rooted in the same energy. And so for me, my abandonment issues caused me to attach to certain people that I felt safe with or attach to certain environments or physical locations or or ways of being, like how Sam was saying, that caused me to attach to it. And so then if that was gone, then I felt like, oh my God, a piece of me was gone, right? So that was my, that's how I handled abandonment and attachment where other people who are very independent that also have fears of abandonment and have attachment, they can go almost the opposite extreme and put up walls and push people away because in their mind, if they're pushing people away or they're pushing situations away, then they can't be, they can't be abandoned. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. like how two ends of the spectrum how we behave differently and show up differently. But when you get to the root cause, it's still the same energy that's causing us to show up in the world that way. And it's just how trauma responses are. Um, They're so unique and they can be one end of the spectrum or the other. But when you get to the root cause of it, it's like, wow, it's the same energy that's causing me 
to hold on to people that's causing other people to push people away. And it's wild. It's like, it's so wild when you really start to just kind of study human behavior in a sense from an energy lens. (laughs) Being the observer and being like, wow. And when you're saying um, attachment, right? Like abandonment, I just kept hearing the word dependency, dependency, dependency. And now you're stepping into independent Maria while still realizing your husband is a safe space, right? So you're shifting, you're, 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 you're shifting those fears, right? To something more of love. And this is, so when our nature, our environment is unsafe, we latch on, like you said, other things, you become dependent or codependent on other people and things. And so when your mom was that nurturing aspect within that nature, that environment of teasing, because she she honored you and it was intuitively, she was in tune to you, right? It made you then develop this quote unquote dependency on a similar safe energy. And there's nothing wrong with that because now you're aware of it and it's like, wow, seeing life, right? Right. And the other thing that you brought up that I feel is very important before we um, have to close for today is that spirit. You said, you said spirit and we are all, whether you know you're, you're a spiritual person or not, or you're nervous about what spirituality, like I'm having a spiritual awakening. It's like, yeah, we all are. Cause guess what? What's happening in the world is effing up our feeling of safe. It's really like, it's, it's hitting our root chakra to like be like, whoa. And we are humans in this reality with a spirit 24-7 all the time running through us. So if you are nervous of tapping into your spirituality or like what is spirituality, that is, that's a fear within your root chakra to look at because you are already spirit. You, yes. And that's what's happening in the world. They want to detach you so much from spirit because that's life force. That's yep. love and that's safety, right? Yep. Exactly. That's Maria's mom. Like <laughs> legit. legit. It's so true. I just had this conversation at my hair appointment today about how spirit spirituality and spirit has has so much labels and and negative connotations thanks to the systems. Because she's right. They're trying to disconnect us from the most real, truest, authentic aspect of who we are, which is spirit. The body's just a rental. Like this is just, it's a beautiful rental and we should treat it with love and gratitude because it allows us to walk this crazy shit show of an earth plane and learn and grow and experience physicality. But it's just a rental. The, the soul part of us, the light, the spirit, the higher self, whatever word resonates with you, that is the eternal part of us that is the most truest form of who we are. And yet we've been programmed to disconnect from it and fear it when it's 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 the purest essence of us. It's it is the love. That's why spirit does spirit's not afraid of anything. Spirit welcomes in all of the fear with loving arms to go look at it, feel it, learn from it. It's one of your most potent teachers here. Mm-hmm. And so to ground into your spirit when you're feeling imbalanced or you're having fears or anxiety or depression or like you feel stuck, do what we did at the beginning. Go outside, breathe in the air, walk in nature, hug a tree, lay on the grass and be like, hey, Mother Earth, thank you for giving me a place to live. And I'm ready to release these attachments 
whether I'm aware of what they are or not, I am ready because I want to feel lighter. I want to be more in my quote unquote spirit, my love, my harmony. Or for the first time, I want to know what that feels like because it is it is freedom, right? It's freedom. <laughs> it's freedom. Spirit it's freedom. is freedom. Spirit mm-hmm. is freedom. So connect <laughs> with yours beautiful beings of light because it will begin to free you from these very limiting beliefs and, and fears that have been unconsciously controlling how we show up for life. So we love you. We appreciate you. We see you. We feel you. And we'll see you on the other side. Love you. Love you. (laughs) We appreciate you so much for listening to today's episode of Shamanic Soul Sistars. We hope you continue to tune in weekly. We trust that you received what was most needed for your highest and best with today's episode. Remember, you are limitless. And to pause each day to take a couple of moments for you. You are worthy and wonderful just the way you are. Thank you again and see you on the other side.